0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to State House Spotlights, the official podcast of Excel and Ed in action. I'm Tom Green.
1: And I'm Ashley Mullins. We both serve as national legislative directors for Excel and Ed in action, where we manage our organization's Ledge Affairs team, and we work with leaders and lawmakers from across the country to promote student-centered K-12 education policy. Each week on our podcast, our team will track education bills and share trends from across the states.
0: Ashley and I are joined today by Nathan Hoffman, our Senior Legislative Director in Florida, and Evan Eagleson, our Legislative Director for the Great Lakes region. And both of them are coming to us from state capitals, Tallahassee and Indianapolis. They're gonna discuss the growing attention across the country of the destructive use of smartphones in the classroom. Together, we aim to explore the pros and cons of cell phone usage in schools and whether a ban is a step in the right direction.
1: But first, why don't we take a quick look at what's happening this week across the states?
0: In the past week, we've had a number of great bills that have been introduced across the country. I'll start with Indiana. Indiana House Education Chairman Bob Baining filed probably the strongest and comprehensive math policy bill in the country. And the goal of this bill, HB 1304, is to better prepare teachers to teach math, specifically elementary school teachers. The bill also provides guidelines for high-quality math material, high-quality instructional material, and curriculum. It requires assessments to identify struggling math students and their specific areas of improvement. It directs interventions to meet each student's unique learning needs, and it offers summer math camps to help students catch up.
1: On early literacy, I want to highlight South Carolina's Senator Greg Hembry who filed Senate Bill 905. This bill would take on the harmful practice of three queuing in instructional materials and reading instruction. It ensures that students are administered a reading screener three times a year. So the point of that is to catch students who are struggling throughout their K to 3 reading years and provide them the right interventions and it expands the state summer reading camps to students in grades K to 2.
0: And Tennessee legislators, they're also looking at a math policy bill to provide free, high-quality professional development for teachers.
1: Even though it's early in the legislative session, we're already seeing states moving on education-related bills. So in addition to those being introduced, we also have movement on a lot of bills this week. Uh, I'll start in New Hampshire. New Hampshire's House Education Committee is considering a slew of bills regarding the state's successful education freedom accounts program. This is the program that provides grants to students so that they can customize their own education. A couple of different options for expansion are on the table in that state. So we'll know what has traction after this week. House bill 1665 proposes to move the eligibility cap for that program from the current 350% of federal poverty up to 500%. And then there's also another bill 1634 in the house, which would move the state to universal eligibility.
0: So Evan, there's a lot going on in Indiana. Indiana, I'd, I'd say, is a national leader when it comes to education policy, much like Florida and other states. Tell us what's happening there.
2: Thanks, Tom, and actually for having me on to uh, give a little update here in Indiana. This week's a very busy week as they typically all are here in Indiana. Our team's on the ground this week testifying in support of, of several different early literacy bills that will help improve the state's existing policy. The first one being Senate Bill One. It does a lot of different things, but a couple highlights here, bolsters the summer school offerings for struggling readers, makes changes to the universal screener requirements, and it does make positive uh, changes to the individual reading plans that are already required for struggling students. A very similar bill, Senate Bill 6, is also being heard in committee this week, and that is focused more so on the adolescent literacy side of things, so directing the Department of Education to determine how to identify struggling readers in grades 4 through 8.
1: That's great. I love to see Indiana following in Virginia's footsteps, making sure that those students in the upper grades are not falling through the cracks either. So it'll be really exciting to see Indiana tackle that this year. Evan, thank you so much for that overview. Nathan also joins us live from the Capitol in Florida. Nathan, can you give us an update on some movement in the Sunshine State this week?
3: Absolutely. So, yeah, we are just as busy as Indiana is with week two of our 2024 legislative session two bills that I would note that have uh, been seeing some movement in the last week, SB 460, Senate Bill 460, and Senate Bill 46. Senate Bill 460 creates some meaningful opportunities to improve career pathways by providing for a a strategic plan to be put in place to further develop out high-quality career training opportunities at all Florida high schools. And it also puts in place a CTE task force that would be filled by representatives from across the state to look at ways to improve those course offerings and, of course, their quality as well. The second bill, Senate Bill 46, is a literacy proposal that builds on all of the work, uh, the good work that's been accomplished over the years in Florida on literacy by expanding an existing tutoring programs called the RAISE program, the Reading Achievement Initiative for Scholastic Excellence Program. Essentially, all it does is allow for this tutoring program to take place after school, aligned, of course, to the science of reading and everything that we like about evidence-based literacy practices. But this will be just another opportunity to provide students who need additional reading supports with these opportunities after school.
1: Great. Thanks, Nathan. It's so exciting to see what Florida's tackling. I know uh, Tom and I talked last week about how Florida is often an example for the nation on education policy. So we're glad to have you here talking through that. We also uh, gave our listeners an update on a package of bills that would lower expectations for Florida students last week. Any updates on that?
3: Yeah, the only update there is that the House has now come out with their own version of these bills, which we think are much closer to true school deregulation and I'm happy to report that those versions do not include the provisions that were contained in the Senate versions that would reduce accountability, would lower standards, and would reduce school choice in the Sunshine State. So we're hopeful that these House proposals will continue to move forward in their current form.
1: Good news, Nathan. Thanks for that update. States are definitely off to the races this legislative session, so make sure you join us each week on this podcast where we'll detail a little bit about what's moving each week. But let's go ahead and turn to our topic of the day, which is tackling smartphones in schools. This year, states and schools are finding creative ways to stop students from using their cell phones during the school day, which is why for this podcast episode, we wanted to dive deeper into this issue, especially as we have our two teammates on the ground in states that are looking at this issue.
0: Yeah, thanks, Ashley. It is clear today's students grapple more than any other generation prior with anxiety, depression, and shorter attention spans. I think if you're around a preteen or a teenager, you could testify to that. Experts like Dr. Jonathan Haidt, who has a book coming out, believes these troubling trends are likely to be a direct result of children's smartphone usage and early access to social media. Those online social media platforms have an intentional, addictive design that have a disruptive effect on kids and their learning. On average, students get about 237 notifications on their smartphones per day. 25% of those, so about 60 notifications during the school instructional time. And students check their phones 100 times per day. So certainly a disruption, certainly a tool that is distracting from students being able to focus and have good mental health. The recent release by the OECD's Program for International Student Assessment, also known as PISA, showed about one-third of students admitted to being distracted by phones in almost every lesson in every day of their school. PISA also showed that countries like Japan and Korea were outperforming the United States in math, and both countries strongly restrict smartphones in the classroom.
1: Wow, it's hard to imagine that our kids are getting distracted that much, but you know, I believe it, right? We're adults and we get distracted, but imagine being during those formative years, we need students to be focused to learn in school. And this is certainly an issue that states are looking at tackling. And so states and districts are tackling this issue in a couple of different ways, but smartphone bans seem to be the most common. We do have a couple of examples that show us what happens when we get those smartphones out of schools. Let's start just in Alabama, Montgomery County schools, they did ban smartphones. And they saw some incredible results as a result of that. According to a survey that they did for their teachers that was released in the past couple of weeks, 68% of those teachers said students were more productive without their phones. 63% reported fewer classroom distractions. And 61% saw students engaging more. Internationally speaking, in 2017, Bangladesh banned students and teachers from bringing their cell phones into schools and colleges. France also has a ban, but it does make exceptions for certain groups of students. For example, those with disabilities or when smartphones are being used for teaching. Next year, the Netherlands will mostly ban mobile phones, tablets, and smartwatches from secondary school classrooms. And we saw some new guidance out of the UK government, which will allow head teachers to ban students from using mobile phones for the entire school day.
0: Here in the states, Florida, once again, ahead of the curve, Governor Ron DeSantis signed HB 379 into law last year, which prohibits students from using smartphones during instructional time. This year, more states are following Florida's lead in their own way. I think leaders are hearing from parents and teachers, and they're taking action. Nathan, would you tell us more about what's going on in Florida?
3: Absolutely. Thank you for pointing out that Florida has been leading the way in this with the development of the nation's first cell phone ban during the school day. We still think there's even greater opportunity to improve that ban to make sure that it is applied across every classroom in Florida. But what we have in front of us this year is House Bill 1, which gets that designation uh, given its priority for Speaker Paul Renner. And what that bill would do is create at least as far as I've seen, the strictest social media ban for young people in the country, if it's signed into law, the bill would specifically prohibit any individual under the age of sixteen from establishing a social media account and and sort of we can think about the definition of social media account as like your Facebooks, your Instagrams, things like that. There are certainly carve outs for, education-specific platforms and other things that are not necessarily your traditional social media platforms. But at the end of the day, Florida would be the first state to not allow any young person access to social media before they are age 16 years or older. But then it also takes it a bit step further and it recognizes that even once a young person gets to age 16, there are still harmful impacts that these social media platforms have on everybody really, but we want to make sure those under the age of 18 are protected just a little bit more than everyone else. And so the bill requires certain new reporting requirements on social media platforms in language that an 18 year old or a 17 year old can understand. It requires social media platforms to let individuals know if and how their data is being used, if and how their data is being sold to other third parties, and a whole host of other transparency pieces that will at least, we hope, help an individual think twice or help an individual's parents think twice about allowing them to access social media. And so that bill passed its first committee stop this last week. We expect that it will pass its next committee stop this week and then we could see the bill on the floor as soon as next week. So things are moving quick.
0: Wow, thank you, Nathan. Such a powerful statement by Florida legislators to take action in this area. It's a simple thing to do, but I think it'll have a big effect on helping students focus and achieve and do better when it comes to their academic achievement. Several other states are exploring these statewide solutions, similar to Florida. Some are kind of having their own take on a policy, but if you look at a state like Virginia, Senator William Stanley introduced SB 28 to permit schools to create policies that ban smartphones. In the state of Pennsylvania, you have a representative who's working on a bill directing schools to take phones at the beginning of a school day and give them back at the end. In Alabama, State Superintendent Eric Mackey gave guidance to local school boards on how to limit smartphones and their usage in the classroom. But the state will have to take action if they want to ban it. But Superintendent Mackey is working with districts without that legislative action. And helping them come up with policies to ensure that kids are focused during the school day. Also a shout out to Dr. Mackey and his team for strong rules and early literacy uh, that were released last week. So we're excited about how educator preparation programs are shifting to the science of reading. So a little side note there. Utah Governor Spencer Cox sent letters to local school districts last week to help them take steps in curbing cell phone usage. Last year, Utah restricted social media for students under the age of 18. In Idaho, Governor Brad Little and his state of the state called for legislation regulating smartphone and social media usage. And then in the state of Oklahoma, Senate Education Chair Adam Pugh is looking at sponsoring legislation to work with school districts and providing them support and maybe grants to provide those tools that school districts need in limiting smartphones, like cell phone lockers and pouches and uh, coming up with their own policy. So Evan, in Indiana, lawmakers have waded into this area. I think they filed three bills. Tell us more what's going on there. Yeah, absolutely. Very clear interest from the legislature
2: to try to tackle this issue. In my conversations with a few of them so far, you know, they're pointing at some of the other states that are like Florida, that i have already beaten them to the punch on this and might be an example for them, but certainly some interest from several different legislators on this issue. So I can just run down real quickly on the three bills that we're tracking right now it, with some updates on one of them. To start, Senator Gene Lysing has filed Senate Bill 141, which does several different things, but included in the bill, bans student cell phone use in the classroom, just pretty straightforward and, and simple to the point. Senator Jeff Ross, the Senate education chair, has filed Senate Bill 185, and this one's a little bit different take. It requires schools to have a policy that governs student cell phone use while in the building. Indiana has prided itself on being a local control state and that bill tasks the local school boards and school corporations with coming up with a policy that best fits their needs for their students. Finally, Representative Julie McGuire has filed House Bill 1198, which bans student use of wireless communication devices during instructional time, unless used for educational purposes or during emergencies. So. She took a little bit different approach to it, which is, as we all know on the call here on the podcast, that there's 150 members in the legislature. Each person is interested in tackling the same issue, just in a slightly different way. So just great to see the interest in solving this problem. The little bit of news we had is Senator Jeff Ross's bill, Senate Bill 185, is scheduled to be heard in committee this week. So we're paying very close attention to that, uh, trying to help lawmakers understand the issue and do what we can to advocate for its passage. So hopefully we'll have more to uh, come on that bill as it makes its way through, and you know more to come on, on the other two as
0: well as deadlines are approaching. Yeah, that is great and exciting. Thank you. We will be following it. And thank you again, Evan and Nathan, for sharing your perspectives on this trending legislative solution. We'll continue to have our eyes on the states. States like Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina are also showing interest in restricting cell phones and, and social media usage for students. So stay tuned in the coming weeks for updates from our team.
1: And there you have it, another insightful episode of Statehouse Spotlights. Thank you listeners for joining us this week as we delved into this hotly debated topic. As we conclude, it's clear that this debate is multifaceted with no one size fits all solution. The integration of technology and education definitely has its benefits, but striking the right balance remains a challenge and we'll be very interested to see how the states continue to tackle that, this legislative session.
0: Remember, the conversation doesn't end here. We encourage you, our listeners, to continue this dialogue in your communities, schools, and homes. What are your thoughts on banning cell phones in the classroom? Share your opinions with us on social media using the hashtag StateHouseSpotlights. You can engage with our team at Excel and Ed in Action on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and X. If you like today's episode, please give our podcast a review and subscribe. So you're always the first to know about new episodes. Thank you for tuning in and until next time, take care.